want to shower around me after having my baby. And it wasn't wow. like soon after, but it was like probably around when she was like two or three months. It was just, I was doing, I'm cleaning the house, trying to still cook food. I'm in the house all day, still, still trying to do stuff for her. And it, like, I didn't feel like taking a shower was like too much or taking a bath would just seem like I had to run the water, clean it to, it was seem like a whole nother chore that I would have to do. So, but to know that this like one of the things where you have to force yourself for the upkeep and grooming is one of the symptoms. And I was just like, no one told me this. It wasn't until we went over there in my class that I knew what was going on with me. Any this major. Said, yeah. This so how was, how was y'all journey with the postpartum? So I would say with this child, like a lot of times my close friends, they'll ask me like, how are you on a scale one to 10? And I ask them too. And I would say most days I'm about a seven. But some days, like I feel like, of course, the chores have definitely doubled. As far as, you know, making sure you're tending to the child and the household and the house. And I mean, I just feel like the chores have definitely doubled. And that's been like a thing that I have um, been trying to overcome is not trying to allow certain things to wear me. Now, the education part, I have a black OBG and I was not educated, so I wouldn't say you know, it was a race thing. I just say that maybe a lot of times they don't necessarily think, because the only thing my OBG kept telling me was that I was healthy. But then when I get to 36 weeks, my blood pressure is sky high. And she told me to come back in three days. And even at that time, she never told me how at risk I was or I could possibly induce you or anything. Just come back in three days Monday's your blood pressure and come back in three days. When I came back in three days, they're like, okay, you got to go to the hospital. Your blood pressure is high. Then that's when they was letting me know what was going on when it was time for me to go, you know, into the hospital. So I was not educated. And even after the fact, um, and I love my doctor because she's just so genuine and so down to earth. But even after the fact, she need a whooping because <laughs> she did not tell me like to be prepare for any after symptoms because after the fact you know I still had high blood pressure I still was in the hospital longer than I was supposed to be because my blood pressure would not go down so I'm just having this brand new baby and they got me doped up on this medicine I'm out of my mind you know I'm miserable um my my husband hasn't been asleep in two days Cause he gets up to work so early and then he hasn't had any sleep and he's trying to tend to the baby and tend to me in the hospital. And I was just like, what is going on? And then I started feeling like these people was holding me hostage in this hospital. <laughs> and I was just crying to the doctor. Like, I want to go home. And they had to explain to me, like, we cannot send you home until we know that you, your blood pressure is down. You can go home and have a seizure. So when they told me that, I'm like, why nobody ain't been told me this? You know, I'm just thinking, y'all trying to keep me here. I want to go home. <laughs> y'all normally for least Why am I still here? <laughs> and you never dealt with high blood no. pressure or none no. of that. What, what is going on, you know? 
And so that was a big part, you know, and I feel like postpartum can immediately kick in because I feel like it immediately kick in. But I would say most days I'm a seven as far as postpartum. I would say the days that I feel low, I'm more so concerned. And she said it at snapback because I snapped back for my first child. And so now with this second child, girl, I have not snapped back. I feel, I don't feel pretty. Like I look at my body and be like, oh my God, my stomach is super black. What my husband think, you know, I'm a size bigger, like I'm a small girl, but it's just the things that, you know, when we look in the mirror, we're not the same as we was before. And so I would say a lot of times my postpartum probably contemplates on my appearance, like what I look like. Especially like what I look like with my clothes off. Like, am I still attractive? Do my husband still see me the same? Um, those type of things. Will so, I ever get back? Yeah, like will I ever get so back? Postpartum is emotional and physical thing. What your body goes through, physical, like how you mm-hmm. have high blood pressure. Your mm-hmm. body was going through postpartum mm-hmm. after you have the baby, mm-hmm. and then you describe some of those emotional things like we're not even educated that postpartum is not just an emotional thing it's also a a physical physical thing and even after that like when I got home with my first child because you always if you had a child one time you're kind of picking back off the experience that you had the first time which you like okay I kind of know you know what the feel it's like you kind of know you know it probably won't be the same but with my first child I got stitches. I went home. Maybe the first day, they irritated me a little bit when I showered. With my second child, I got stitches. And baby, the first two weeks, I was in so much pain. I was crying like a newborn baby. My husband felt so sorry for me. Everything that they sent me home with and told me to use in my private area was not helping. The witch hazel swabs, the ice packs, all of these things were not helping me. And so he got on Google and was like, I got to figure out what can we do? The spray, it was not helping me. And we Mr. ran across a lady article. Yeah, we ran across a lady article. She wrote an article and she stated like she was going through when she got sent home with her stitches and she had to use a stool to use the bathroom to prop her, to place her on her forearms on the stool and bend up and prop her butt up in the air so that she can use urinate and mm. the urine not touch her stitches. And so I was like, baby, where is the stool? <laughs> I need to bend it over. Girl, when I tell <laughs> you yes, when I tell y'all I was crying worse than my newborn baby and my husband just felt so sorry for me. He was like, but I gotta do something. He was like, and he just felt like he couldn't do nothing. Because and and I would hold my urine all day wow. because I was so afraid to use the restroom. Jeez. And I wasn't told to be careful about my stitches. I wasn't told to, I wasn't told this. I was just told to use this stuff. It's going, it's not working for me, sis. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And so that beginning period of me coming home with him. Did the school def- thing work? Huh? Did it work for you, the stool? Yes, ma'am. Shout out to that lady. I need to go find that <laughs> article again. And I need to write her, baby. Okay. Because it works. And I use my, use my forearms and I hitch my butt up in the air and I pee. <laughs> Bag that thing up on it. It's so Girl. 
They don't talk about that. I wasn't told that when I left the hospital. I I didn't know that. I didn't know that once the the, the urine touched the stitches, that's not something you want. I didn't know that. And I don't know if it was the type of stitches she, I don't know. Y'all, I've never, I said I wouldn't wish this on nobody. Mm -hmm. But I didn't experience that with my first child. I got stitches down there. I didn't think. Mm -hmm. So definitely. I really think they would. Like, I know these doctors have to have patients who will come and tell them these things. And I can't even say just the doctors. I guess I would even say like nursing care because, you know, the doctors, at least for me, it's pretty much, oh, once you pop that baby out, they on about their business. They might check in with you. It's usually other people who you have never seen before in your life. You know, not the person who took care of you your whole pregnancy. Right. It's just other people who actually work in the hospital um, or whatever. You know, I guess like on staff type of people, not like the mm-hmm. outpatient uh, OBs or whatever. They're coming in to check on you. You have your um, nurses who come and give you the discharge papers and stuff and everything that they're telling you is really quick. Boom, 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 boom. Right. It and is you bad. don't remember none of that stuff. If it's not no. for the paper, you know, I have my little pack of paper. Let me go back through this piece of paper and look this up. But a lot of times, yeah, you're not really properly being educated. So you do feel lost when you're home. And it really mm-hmm. has to come down to you either having somebody else who has um, experienced what you experienced. You know, if you're able to talk to them or thank goodness for the internet, like for somebody, you know, for I need to be able to find an article on that. But right. it's like a lot of times like that, like y'all ain't think to tell me certain things like this, or I feel like um even for my last pregnancy, I didn't have a doula, but I feel like um this is something new now. A lot of black people or you know, people in the black community, I guess because of these disparities and issues that we've been seeing with black women with their pregnancies and the mortality rate and a lot of other negative things, um, I feel like doulas are being pushed so sometimes I was like just following doulas and I'm getting this information and like it makes sense because even with me I didn't get one but um I found like doulas they could be present even like for somebody who was planning on maybe having a c-section because so much advocacy that's the thing we need a lot of it's advocacy that we need because these doctors are not or nurses they're not telling you these things or sometimes they're just so busy trying to push i guess the medical things they're not thinking about all the other stuff that we need yes that self-care piece i want to ask you latoya okay so i had a c-section with my my second child going into your c-section what did you expect with your first son what did what was your expectations Yo, my first time, I wasn't thinking about having no C-section. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> so I, I just was not thinking about that. But he, um, um, yeah, so my water, yeah, my water broke first. And then while I was on my way to the hospital, that's when the uh, contractions came. And then I was just pretty much chilling all day long. And um, I think from what I remember, I think I dilated to, to about eight centimeters, I think. But it didn't keep pro- it didn't keep progressing. So they checked, and look, this is one of them things. I'm like, I think back on like, what were y'all? I don't know what they was doing. But anyway, the doctor felt me. They said they thought they felt his eye, meaning like his head was in the wrong position to be able to mm-hmm. come out. So I would need a C-section. I got my C-section. He was breached. So I'm like, I don't know what I y'all was feeling. My mother said, oh, oh, y'all must wow. have been feeling the butt crack or the balls or something. Okay. What eyeball did they think they was feeling? What the was world? Right. So you could have just 
had that baby vaginal if they just would have put more effort into finding. Well, no, so he was he was on. breached. Now I don't know. I know that could be. Uh, okay. I know sometimes the doctors. They could have tried to. Yeah, they can try yeah. to change it, but I know that's not always successful or whatever. But yeah, so either way, yeah, baby boy was breached. But other than that, yeah, girl, like I said, I was in my early twenties. I was not thinking. I knew that was a possibility, but. I wasn't thinking that, and then even prior to that, they said that he was in the right position. So again, I don't know what they was feeling. I don't know if he did another somersault and <laughs> turned back around. I don't know because I, I I never even looked into that. Like, did he turn and turn back, or y'all just maybe the shape of my stomach? Or I don't know. Even in the operating room, do you remember your experience with that? When I say my my everything with my first um child was so much better. So even with the C section. I was just fine. Like I was, girl, matter of fact, I was tired for one, because like I said, I was in grad school. I probably didn't even go to sleep until about 12 o'clock. If that, because I was, you know, that was back then, you know, you, you're not even getting enough sleep. You just push and push and push it through your studies. I would usually wake up around five o'clock to go to school, but apparently I didn't go to school that day. So I remember I went to sleep probably like around 12 something. I think my water broke around one <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, I think like a one, two o'clock in the morning. So, girl, I'm in this sleepy all day. <laughs> I'm in the middle of labor, but I'm tired. So, girl, by the time they put me on that uh, operating table, I was dozing off. They sound like they was having a party. Like my uh, last name was Walter. My last name was Walters back then. They were like, Miss Walters, is this music okay? I'm like, oh. I'm a damn. I'm like, care about no music. Like, wow. <laughs> try to look, get me relaxed. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm sleep. That's why I said like. I pretty much like going in and out. I remember when I um felt like the relief, like, oh, is he out? And I look, that's what I told y'all. Like I looked at the clock or whatever, but girl, I was falling asleep and everything. But wow. again, I was fine. The last two pregnancies, I'm telling my husband, I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I was not expecting this. So I've already experienced a C-section. My last two C-sections, I hate it. It was the most uncomfortable thing ever. I remember I'm like, look they're like do they got enough of the anesthesia in me like i feel like i'm feeling Yay. stuff so they're like i mean do i feel sharp i'm like no but it's uncomfortable i'm like i did not feel anything when i say i feel nothing nothing and the only thing I, I can think of is like they um they started the epidural in me of course i wasn't planning on having a c-section so i don't know if it's the fact that i had an epidural i don't you know like i don't know if the the different methods or whatever of the um how the anesthesia is in you or like the fact that was in me longer you know prior to them deciding that I needed a c-section but the last two I felt everything I mean not like with the sharp but it was uncomfortable girl and then they um they're working through scar tissue so that's another thing I didn't think of so girl I'm like being rocked back and forth and I'm like uncomfortable and I'm just complaining to my husband I'm like this I am so uncomfortable I was not expecting this I was sleep or falling asleep, just relax, chilling with my first son. And I'm like, this feels like torture. And so, and that was a, so the second one was an an emergency C-section. They didn't even think it was going to keep me at first, but then his heart rate dropped. So shipped me to the uh, ER, I mean, the um, OR, the operating room. And then with my third one, after all of that, it was, uh, um, that was a scheduled C-section and same thing, uncomfortable. And then that was when, girl, they was rocking my body. They're like, sorry, we got it. We're getting through all the scar tissue. It was like, oh my goodness. So yeah, the last two, those last two was not comfortable. I'm like, I thought I was going to be in a breeze. I'm about to be chilling again, maybe falling asleep. No, I only fell asleep in my last one because they were doping me up because I was so uncomfortable. Girl, <laughs> 
thought I was getting punished or something when you were describing your first one because I'm like, no, ma'am, they did not. My my first C-section with my second child did not go like that. But how you described them other two, honey? Yes, that's what I went through. That right there. Like, my, husband, <laughs> my husband said, like, I know you're uncomfortable, but you can't possibly be feeling everything they're doing. He said, look, they're doing some burning stuff. I see smoke or whatever. I'm like, you what? It. You smell your skin burning. That's what my husband was saying. Girl. <laughs> It's, it was maybe it's just the maybe it's just the doctors. The but new I, had doctors. The same, I had the same. Well, the first two. I mean, I'm sorry. The first and the last time I had my OB, um, the emergency section. I didn't have my original doctor, but yeah, it was just. I think I guess it had something to do with the scar tissue type of stuff. But even still, with the cutting piece, like I don't know. Like I didn't feel nothing, so I don't know if it was just that epidural being in me for a long time or not. And the last two, I got a spinal. I don't know, girl. But yeah, them last two. And I didn't feel nurture. I don't know. Like, I feel like the the one that was doing the anesthesia, anesthesia, I feel like the the, the the two doctors, it was my OBGYN, and then another surgeon was also, a, you know, assisting her, another doctor. And then I just didn't feel nurture. I feel like they were being mean to me. Like, I got an idiot lady, a white lady, a white man in my anesthesia. And I feel like they were being very aggressive with me. Maybe I was acting a fool. I don't know, because they did threaten me before going to the surgery. And they said, Hey, Miss Barrels, if you don't tone it down, we're not going to let you out of your room because you want to scare the other mothers. Uh-uh. And I was like, she is just hurting me. <laughs> I'm like, I can't help it. She's hurting me. I'm not trying to scare no other. I'm like, I don't give a D-A-M-N about no other mamas. Don't have no more babies because y'all go hear me. Y'all better get me up out of here and give me the surgery room. So I just feel like they were just... Yeah. No, you weren't in the hospital acting a fool. Like, girl, they, my doctor said, we are not taking you out this room tone it down. Okay? I'm like, y'all really gonna let my baby suffer because her mama acting a fool right now because of the pain? You worry about these other helpers? Well, okay. Chastity, you really can't take no pain. You really can't take no pain, Chastity. Girl, I had my she can't mama take crying pain. on Zoom because she can't come in there. We ain't cold. My mama crying on Zoom. So I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Girl, I was Clifton, didn't know what to do. He pasted ass book. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then when we got, and I just, I did not like the C-section thing. Can I strap in my arms like mm. I'm on the cross? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, that I was did not like it. Everything, right. I don't even remember Jeez. my arms being strapped down. When I say I don't remember nothing with that first, I was so comfortable. Girl, don't tell me they didn't strap your arms. They just did it to me. I'm sure they did. No, I'm saying, no, the last time I remember those, but like I said, I was, uh, everything about it was uncomfortable. <laughs> Girl, that's these things. I my arms around. The last time I did, my- um, I actually was nauseous. I think I did throw up a little something. I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to throw up. <laughs> Straight Girl, down like <laughs> I did not like it. And my mama had a C-section with me and she was like, it's going to be easy breezy i guess my mama had the experience you had with your first one so i'm thinking even though i gotta have this emergency station i remember my mom telling me oh it wasn't that bad i, I think it's better than having vaginal baby baby that was the worst delivery experience ever <laughs> don't make no sense you up in that hospital acting like this girl so I want to know, so going through these type of experiences, 
now I just want you to share with our audience. Like after we go through the woes, so we're talking about stuff that people don't normally talk about when it comes to these pregnancies, okay? <laughs> and having these babies. We ain't scared to have these type of conversations. But now I want you to also talk about the recovery, uh, Latoya. I want you to share with our audience how did you start your self care journey after having your babies? How did you start that journey? Yes. So I was much better, like even though I was older, I was much better in my thirties with my um, first son. I I was just, I wasn't really, it was funny. So I was learning to be a physical therapist, but I wasn't really prioritizing um, my physical health. You know, I I back then, you know, when you're young, it's just, you know, you eat whatever, just, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) And then we get a little older, (laughs) even though I didn't have any health problems, I started I just started prioritizing my health more. So actually, yeah, so I know what the difference was. So after I had my first son about, I think when he was like 18 months, that's when I was um, preparing to actually start my career as a physical therapist. And I remember I wanted to lose the baby weight and I had to wait till I get my uh, PT license so I could start working and everything. So I was like, okay, well, why don't I wait for all that? Um, I started going to the gym. So I was working on getting healthy then I started my career and I worked in the hospital. So all I see is a bunch of unhealthy people. So it went from, you know, me wanting to lose weight just to look good to, I need to start, you know, prioritizing being healthy in general. So I don't end up like, you know, these people who are here in the hospital, most of them here with a lot of preventable diseases, you know? So that's really when I got into fitness. So I was loving fitness. I was eating healthy. Was I perfect all the time? No, but I was so much more healthier. So I was really into, like I said, uh, exercising and eating healthy. And um, that's pretty much when my self-care journey began. It started just with that physical health. So then when I had my second son, the snapback, and like I said, not the stomach. I've never been somebody with a nice flat stomach, but <laughs> um, I was, yeah, pretty much when my doctor gave me the go, the okay to get back in the gym. I was back in the gym, girl. I was bringing um, my son to the gym with me. They had a, uh, the gym I used to go to, had a little um, kind of daycare, or you want to call it. They would have like volunteers and they would watch the um, babies and everything, babies or, you know, little children. So I was dragging him um, with me to the gym. Eight months, girl, lost the weight so fast, you know, getting back to my uh, comfortable weight. Whereas this time, and it kind of goes back to some of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, I felt like that postpartum piece really has slowed me down this time around. So, girl, I'm still working on that baby weight. And my son is two years old. <laughs> so, uh, And this is the most weight I've, this is the heaviest I've ever been. Like the weight I currently am, this is the weight I usually leave the hospital with. <laughs> and I don't even know how I got all this weight. Probably just being older. Because I'm like, I wasn't barely eating. Or at least I felt like I was had to force myself to eat during this pregnancy. How I gain all this weight? But um, I feel like it's been a little slower for me this time because of my mental health struggles, which, you know, you're aware of. So um, I was actually diagnosed with anxiety and depression this time around. And it wasn't even really necessarily postpartum because it was just a lot of those things that I just wasn't dealing with. And I feel like just having the extra responsibilities, having another son, I'm in the middle of the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of stuff going on like that. I was dealing with so I feel like my mental health has slowed down um you know just my I don't know like so I exercise I pretty much kind of eat healthy but I'm like I'm not eating where I like to lose weight you know you gotta 
the duck calories and all, all that other stuff, you know, like I really put that extra time and effort in to really lose the weight. I've lost some weight, but not again, it's slowing me down to get to my goal weight. And it's really been that depression and anxiety. I feel like it was more depression um, the first year after I had my son. And now I'm still kind of dealing with the anxiety piece or whatever. So I don't know. So like you said, so you had your last child in the middle of the pandemic. So do I. So that was already a trying time. And for, for me, first, I like being kind of isolated. I'm like, I ain't got to deal with nobody. I don't want to <laughs> see nobody. <laughs> but I felt like as time went on, you do need that community piece. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's been a big thing, like with me being older and with the pandemic piece, you know, like when you're younger, I feel like I was always out with my friends. The older you get now, everybody kind of had their own lives going on. on yeah. You know, so that's a big piece. Like even now, like sometimes my, like we literally have to schedule dates. Like, girl, when are we going to hook up? We got to look at mm-hmm. the calendars. Okay, I'm free on, you know, it's not even like, oh, I'm free this week. It's usually like three, four weeks out, whole another month or whatever. So um, that's, that's true. A big day. That's true. <laughs> so I wanted you to share with the audience how, because you said that, you know, you don't even think it was just postpartum what going on with you after you had your last baby and going through the pandemic but you just think it was just anxiety and depression that you never dealt with so mm-hmm. I want you to share with the um our audience with the women like how were you able to get yourself out of that valley mm-hmm. how were you able to get yourself to the point where you're like motivating and helping um other Christian moms yeah. with those type of strategies yeah so as I said I wasn't diagnosed <laughs> because um you know until this time because I never sought therapy I thought about it over the years but you know that strong black woman woman in me I'm like girl you can do this you can do this you don't need to see no therapist or whatever (laughs) I even contemplated about seeing a life coach that's actually one of the things that motivated me to become a life coach and um so this time around like I said that snapback mentally you know not just physically but mentally as well it wasn't going fast this time. You know, I feel like I had probably the baby blues with the other two kids, but with baby blues, you know, a few weeks in, I'm good. I'm just kind of dealing with life in general. Like I said, it could have been some underlying depression, maybe here and there, you know, just dealing with life stuff or whatever. But this time it was just going on for months and months and months. And I was already a life and wellness coach at this point so I'm like I know what to do (laughs) so I don't need to see anybody I just need to start implementing these strategies but as you all know just like we give support to other people I need my own support you know so (laughs) after being stubborn for several months and not getting any better if anything I was feeling worse I just remember um so one of the things I would I had a very bad attitude And I would just be like walking around the house, just feeling grumpy and irritated all the time. You know, I didn't have an outlet. I'm in the house all the time. Like I said, we're in the middle of the pandemic and you got everybody at home all the time. Like every last person, including my husband, all of us stuck in the house. So I felt like the mess was just, you know, worse this time. Like Ebony said, like those piles of clothes, the laundry, everything, it just multiplied. (laughs) And it was just hard for me to keep up with. My husband, even like to this day, he don't be caring about stuff like that. I care about it. Like I need the house tidy. Ain't got to be spick and span, but need to be tidy. And so I wasn't even resting like I should, you know, like after having that C-section, I was having the post we done um, talk about it earlier, but I was having issues with the breastfeeding initially and uh, the C-section healing, that recovery, all those things 
always took a lot longer or I feel like the issues multiplied with each child. And so dealing with those things and then just trying to get back to living normal after all those postpartum pieces are gone, I just wasn't in the right mental state. It's like you would think like, okay, this issue has resolved. Why am I still feeling like that? So I'm always walking around grumpy, irritated, impatient, getting angry every time I see a mess and everything, (laughs) very snappy. And I just remember like sometimes I would just have what I would call an explosion. Like I was a ticking time bomb just waiting to explode. And I remember just one day after exploding, yelling at everybody, just telling everybody like, look, y'all getting on my nerves. I'm tired of y'all not helping me. I'm tired of cleaning up after y'all. I just remember just going to my room, sitting down on the floor and just crying. Like, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm even tired of acting this way towards my family. You know, like, I don't want to feel this way and they don't deserve this angry, grumpy person all the time. And just in that low moment, I'm just like, look, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. It is something wrong with me. <laughs> Lord, please help me. It was like, what? I, I don't know what to do. And, it says, and it's like, I know what to do, but I'm not doing it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I can't get right up here. So I just decided like, let's hold you. You got to, you got to get support. Like you don't want to go to therapy. That's one extra thing that I felt like to put on my to-do list, <laughs> but you need to do it. You're going to have to make time to do it. So I started seeing a therapist and that faith piece you know, was picking up around that time too. So I started strengthening my relationship with God. So I'm like, look, I can't do this on my own. Like I've, <laughs> I need you all the time, but I feel like if I, I need you more than ever right now, cause I can't get right, you know? So I was working on my, um, my faith piece. I was seeing a therapist and the strength piece, I mean, not the strength, the faith piece, I feel like played a very big factor because as soon as I started seeing my therapist each week, you know, she could see a difference and I guess just the way I was speaking, you know, I guess she could just like, she could probably like see it in my face, hear it in my tone when I was up and down. And like, when I was up, she was always asking like, what are you doing different? And a lot of times it was really just a faith piece. Like I felt like I was just healing, you know, getting delivered or whatever from, you know, those feelings or whatever. So I feel like a weight was like lifted up off of me. So even when I did have my bad days, I didn't really feel like I was stuck in a dark place anymore. Like before I just felt lost and miserable where it was like, okay, I'm still not healed yet, but I didn't feel stuck anymore. And I felt like that was God just lifting me out of that and just kind of leading me in the right direction. So, you know, I was doing, trying to be more intentional about how I took care of myself. So that goes to the self-care piece. So, you know, trying to get better with eating healthy and um, taking better care of my body. So like I said, I still don't have all of the weight off yet, but I'm taking better care of my body. I'm trying to be more intentional about taking care of my temple. Same thing with my mental health. I still have my ups and downs with that, you know, where I just recently went back um, to a therapist, well, not the same therapist, but I'm seeing a therapist again more recently. But there was a period of time where I was able to, you know, be on about my way (laughs) and not need therapy. So I really, that, that strength, Peace, strengthen my relationship with God. Peace has played a very big factor in where I'm at today, and it, it um, I feel like my relationship with Him, period, is motivated me, encouraged me to live better, period. You know, so I'm trying to practice more patience and calmness. So even when I see the piles of clothes or the crumbs everywhere or whatever kind of mess, it's like instead of just popping off right away, it's like okay, let's hold it. Let me breathe. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like, so I'm not always speaking about it, going off at my husband about it. It's like, all right, Latoya, it's irritating you, but we're just going to take a little breather, <laughs> keep it in. And I remember you were talking about it recently, Chassie. Sometimes you ask me stuff like, why is it irritating me so much? So sometimes it's really just checking yourself. Like, is this really a big deal? No. You know, so sometimes it's a lot of positive, uh, that, that self-talk, like Latoya, is this really worth it? no so there's less arguments with my husband there's less of me popping off you know a lot of times like I say it's a lot of deep breathing <laughs> and praying <laughs> to just kind of keep me calm and collected so just that's another thing too like I'm really working on being a better daughter to my heavenly father so trying to stay calm trying to stay, stay patient and sometimes even when I you know I feel like things that would always like irritate me I'm not always irritated. Like I ain't perfect yet. Sometimes they do, but sometimes it's like, whatever. <laughs> you know, like I see my child doing something, like whatever. I'll do that later. You know, like I, I ain't got right. time to be stressed out right now. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I would say that's the main thing. Just um, it's really helped me be more intentional about how I react, how I respond to certain things, and just how I'm taking care of myself. You know, so I can be a better woman in general. Well, you doing it, honey, because guess what? I be using your podcast, your workbook that you have to help Christian moms to my clients that are dealing with postpartum. And I've been getting good feedback. I have oh, been getting good some good, yes, I've been getting some good feedback from my uh, clients that are dealing with postpartum after just having a baby. And I refer them to your podcast and I refer them to your reading material that you have, the links that you have. And it, it is very beneficial and very helpful. So that is just wonderful how God was able to use your valley mm -hmm. and to get you out of it in a way that you can help other women. Like you just didn't keep those tools and tips to yourself you wrote yeah. it down and you created like a whole platform for it to help other women and I just I thank you for it because I love getting my clients something to do outside of our session to keep them going um outside of therapy because I always tell them the real therapy happens is what you do outside of our 45 yeah. minute sessions so yeah that's what's yeah up. And that was a big thing for me like I said strengthening my, my relationship with God because like I said I like I already knew how to take care of myself but I needed, I don't know, I guess a reason, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, why should you really take care of yourself? You know, you want to be a better person for him. And that's going to allow you to be a better person for your husband, be a better person for your children, be a better person for these friends you barely see. <laughs> right. Be more intentional about reaching out. Like, hey, one of us got to reach out. You know, it's a two-way street, but hey, go ahead and initiate that step. Check on your friend. Hey, you want to get up? Um, you know, look, I know life be life in. <laughs> But let's try to get together at least, mm -hmm. you know, once a month or whatever, you know, so just being intentional about nourishing all those different um, relationships I have, you know, with different people. Mm -hmm. And not just, you know, thinking about the relationship with the people that you live with. It's like, yeah. I got to, I got to continue to be a friend. I got yeah. to continue to be a daughter. You know, I got to spend some time with my parents. Um, I got to spend some time with my friends. I got yeah. to be able to continue to strengthen my relationships outside of my household besides yeah being you mentioned community uh mm -hmm. you know the other day like that community piece is so big and like I said that was one of the things I was neglecting when I was in my misery it was like I don't mm -hmm. feel like being around nobody like I'm trying to deal with this issue right here but that was another thing too like if you get out community <laughs> mm -hmm. you're not so focused on just the negative you got to put yourself in you know positive environments be around positive people this is good. So what I want to conclude with for um, our final question, because this is really good conversation. 
I want to close out with by asking you, how has your faith impacted you as a mom? How has your faith impacted your whole experience in motherhood? Yes, my faith has impacted me. Mainly what I had mentioned a few minutes ago, like just the way I react to my children, (laughs) my family in general, that has been a big piece. You know, I feel like, um, you know, even if you start back like in my early 20s or whatever, sometimes you look at it kind of like, oh, that's just how I am. You know, when you have the bad attitude or just how you respond about certain things, like whatever, this is how I am. And then with maturity and not just maturity in yourself, but growing as a mature Christian, you know, and your faith walk, you realize like, well, Toy, this might, you know, you may have been like this for a long time, but you don't need to stay like this. You know, you don't even like being like this, you know, so mm-hmm. I want to be able to pour into my children and, you know, all of us, we, you know, we all have our personality. Sometimes we can even laugh about a certain relative, even if it is our own mother, like, oh, that's, how, you know, like they may have like the, you know, you might laugh about some of the negative traits or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever, like, oh yeah. So, oh, so, so she's going to cuss you out, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you have to think about it. Like, mm, that's not really, even though we can laugh about those things at times, it's not a good trait to have, you know, and right. sometimes you do have people who will grow up and, you know, it's like later on in life, you hear parent, I mean, um, children talking about their parents, like, oh, I didn't like this or that about my mm-hmm. mom and dad. Like, I don't want to be like that um, mm-hmm. to my children. And you mentioned mom guilt earlier. That's how I feel when I do have those episodes of, you know, because look, we all humans. So like, I'm not perfect. So every now and then I might have one of those explosions or whatever. And the difference now is I feel horrible about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. when I had that valley moment, like I felt horrible. I retreated to my room. I still had those at times, you know, when I'm overwhelmed, you know, you feel burnt out and then Mm -hmm. those bad pieces come out that you don't want. And it's like, oh my God, my goodness or whatever. And like, I do not want my children to grow up and just thinking like, all she did was yell right uh-uh, uh-uh. so yeah. the healing starts now so you know or you know i'm acknowledging like you know if, if you make a mistake you make a mistake we're all human. Right. but being intentional about apologizing you know to your child you know i feel like when we grew up i hear a lot of people say that like your parents didn't apologize to you they just felt like you know yeah they your said, child yeah. yeah you know but now no i need to apologize you know you didn't deserve that you know sometimes wow. it, it ain't even have to you could just be having a bad day you know, mm-hmm. and maybe somebody comes up to you, say something, and you respond snappy because you're like, you are in your head mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm coming to my child. I'm so sorry. Like when I snapped at you, that had nothing to do with you. Or if it had something to do with, you know, like that was mm-hmm. not the right way to respond. You know, mommy is dealing with blah, 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 blah. And children are so forgiven. And, you know, just, just got to communication I feel like it's a big piece you know when you do have those bad days when you respond to anybody in a bad way you know whether it's your children your spouse co-worker whoever you know but um I'm very intentional about like yes I'm I'm growing like I can't keep on responding this way and even my husband you know he'll even say like he sees the change or whatever so I'm I would say that's how my faith has impacted me like I I'm I'm trying to be a better woman of God like I want to be pleasing to him you know it's like you you just think about like road rage or whatever it's like hey somebody want to be acting all stupid you're gonna act stupid all by yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like I I don't have time for to be responding acting like a fool because that's not how he wants to respond so I'm so intentional about just how I respond to people hello goodbye you know 
greet you with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna, oh, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I'm just, you know, I'm just not going to deal with the negativity and I don't want to bring the negativity. So it's really about just um, the way I respond with my children and um, pour, make sure I'm pouring into them, mm-hmm. um, you know, the right things and not, yeah, I just want to be filling them up with love, not love in some hatred or something that they got to yeah. go to therapy for later right. on in life, you know? <laughs> And I love that because I think like in our culture, it's just like you said, you know, you know, do as I say and say it as I do, you know, growing up, you know, parents didn't really apologize. My mom didn't come back and say, oh, I'm sorry for yelling at you. Like, no, we didn't grow up with that. But due to my wisdom and my faith in God, I humble myself to my son, just like I humble myself to anyone else that I may have uh, came off the wrong way or or, uh, mistreated. So I do. And and I think this come to my faith. I think in my own flesh, no way. Even if I thought I did do something wrong, I'm not going to go back and tell him that. Mm-hmm. But that's out of my flesh. But out of my spirit, it's like, you need to go back and apologize to your yeah. son because you didn't have to go to him that hard that way, you yeah. know? And I think that, you you know, that just, you. what I heard from you is that, you know, by you involving in your faith as a mom, it helped you to be patient. So you, mm. like the Bible say, um, be slow to speak and quick yeah. to listen, you know, and that you are able to humble yourself before your children by saying, mom didn't mean to come to you like that. I was a little upset by what you, you know, did. Cause I know, you know, you're better than that. But at the same time, I could have sh- told you how I feel in another way. So I just think that's about humbling yourself. Cause even, you know, Jesus washed his disciples feet. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He didn't like, oh, I'm Jesus, you know, <laughs> but he he humbled himself before yeah. them. So I think that is so beautiful because I know I grew up, you know, just in my culture, you know, sit your tail down somewhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you thought that's how you're supposed to be to your kids. Sit yeah. your tail down somewhere. But no, you don't got to do that. Mm-hmm. You just have to talk to your kids that way. So I love, love, love that. So now, Latoya, I want you to share with our audience, with our boss faith family our bff i want you to let them know how they can continue to connect with you yeah so you can connect with me on instagram facebook my podcast uh youtube my website (laughs) everything is she is a nourished mom she is a nourished mom where we talk about all things (laughs) self-care motherhood and faith for those christian moms who want to transition from worn out to winning so as you see i have been a worn out mom and I'm still, you know, progressing and growing every day in my faith and um, all those different ways I take care of myself mentally, physically, um, emotionally, spiritually. And that's what we talk about on this platform. She is a nourished mom. So go ahead and check it out. Um, as uh, I was about to call you, Ebony, <laughs> as Chancey mentioned, I have a workbook. It's called Busy Christian Mom Self-Care Workbook. And it really talks about each one of those areas, uh, your physical health, your mental health, your um, what's it, physical, mental and spiritual it talks about time management because that's a big reason uh, why a lot of moms aren't prioritizing their self-care, the time management mm-hmm. piece, and really just giving yourself permission to say yes to you, a, a better you, which is what I had to do, you know, to myself when I kept going through that depression and anxiety and not getting the help that I needed. I had to say yes to myself to get the help that I needed. So you may need to say yes to yourself for whatever is holding you back, you know, say no to it and then say yes to whatever it is that you need to grow as a woman, grow as a mom, and, um, you know, as a child of God. Amen. Oh, yeah, and that's on my website. So you can go to my website, and you'll see that Busy Christian Mom Self-Care Workbook. 
Yes, make sure you all go and check her out. Uh, not only does she help like new moms, but she just helps moms in general. Yeah. And um, moms of faith, you know. So I love, love, love that. And like I said, like I even like I know she's my girl. You know, she's my 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 P two P sister. <laughs> but I am not being biased. Like I seriously, you know, recommend my clients and refer my clients to go look at her material. And I've been getting some good feedback from my clients. So y'all, she is most definitely the truth. So Toya, Dr. LaToya, I'm going <laughs> to add that, that credential back on there as we end. Um, I thank you so much for joining us today on the Boss Up Your Faith, um, with the Boss Up Your Faith community, our Unapologetically Me and Christ podcast. We thank you so much for joining us on today. Um, ladies, I hope you all enjoyed this episode as we discussed that, hey, Black women deal with postpartum too, as we have those real conversations. But you know what I'm about to do next, y'all. Before we close this episode, I do just want to end in prayer. As you all know, the Boss Up Your Faith community was founded on prayer, and that's how we are still standing strong today. So I just want to seal anything that you heard on today. I want to seal it in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together on today, Lord God, to share our our testimonies, Lord God, to share how you have brought us through, Lord God, through our different experiences as a mom. I pray for every mom under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that is listening in on today, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you continue to lead her, continue to guide her, Lord God, continue to pour wisdom upon her, Lord God, to let her know that she does not have to bring in those old habits, those old way of responding, those old way of treating her children that she may have uh, grew up in in those different environments, Lord God, but she can be the curse breaker. She can be the change agent yes. for her family. She can come with her own new way of doing life to be her God legacy for her children and her children, children and her children, children, that we will represent the Proverbs 31 lady, that our husbands and our children and our grandchildren are going to say she is blessed. Mom yes. is blessed. Our grandmother is blessed. What comes out of her mouth is not cursed, but what what comes out of her mouth are blessings. So we thank you, God, for blessing our lips and blessing our minds that the two with our heart can all three intertwine with each other and that we are able to humble ourselves, that we are able to have patience, that we are able to be slow to speak and quick to listen so that we speak all blessing from the utter of our mouth, of our lips. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' holy name, Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining today, for listening in to our podcast, Unapologetically Me and Christ. We will get with y'all next time. Y'all take care. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.